The average American family spends $1,700 on clothes each year. And yet, adult Americans throw away more than 68 pounds of that clothing every year. The average American household now has 300,000 items in it. We're being overwhelmed by our stuff. Hey, it's Charlie, and you're listening to the Encouragers United Podcast. My wife Wendy and I recently watched a Netflix documentary called The Minimalists. It's the story of American authors and podcasters, public speakers, Joshua Fields Milborn and Ryan Nicodemus. They promote a minimalist lifestyle. It's an intriguing story of realizing that the stuff that we have really does dominate our lives and it can dominate our society. For those of you that know me personally, I would actually consider myself to be a pretty simple and minimalist type of person. Uh, we live here in a modest house uh, in the city of Canton, Ohio. I really haven't earned a ton of money in my life in various jobs that I've had, but Wendy and I have saved and we've been on a budget plan and she executes it so well. And we really are pretty simple people. But I guess I have, however, had quite a few hobbies and things that I've taken up in life that I'd like to learn, right? Activities and things that I've wanted to grow in or, or explore as a learner. And it's actually caused for us some accumulation of things. And uh, I'm actually a pretty sentimental guy also, so I tend to save things. Uh, maybe you're like that too. Wendy will tell you that I save the weirdest things like plastic containers uh, or old bicycle parts or pieces of wood to you know use in another uh, maybe musical instrument build that I'm making or a home improvement project you know without getting into too much more of that and the storyline of the Netflix documentary I want you to know that the takeaway that Wendy and I had from the show was what they call a 30-day minimalist challenge to reduce the total number of things that we possess each day of the month of this past uh, month, January, we donated or threw away the same number of things that corresponded with the day of the month. So on the first day of January, we had to get rid of one thing and then following two, three, four, all the way up to 31 things. I was actually able to do more than the day, uh, you know, numbered uh, in, in most of those days. But at the total end of the month, we got rid of 500 things. That's what that adds up to. Wow, so that seems like a lot of things, but I can tell you we still have a long ways to go. So we'll probably be clearing out more things as the spring and the summer progresses. Maybe we'll take on another monthly challenge here soon. But I want to share with you today some of my personal reflections on this recent experience because I believe it was indeed a very good practice for me and it might be for you. And I would highly recommend that you consider it. Minimalism is simply owning fewer things, fewer possessions. Like I mentioned before, minimalism is intentionally living with only the things that I really need, the things that I really want to have, 
uh, those items that support my purpose and my values in, in my life. And I'm going to remove the distractions of excess possessions so that I can focus on the things that matter the most. And it requires intentionality. Minimalism for us in this month of challenge was marked by clarity and purpose and intentionality. At its core, being a minimalist, as I understand it, means intentionally promoting the things that we value the most and removing everything that distracts us from that. And it forced me uh, to be intentional about everything that I picked up. Um, and as a, resort, as a result, it forced me to make a choice. Uh, about these things. Intentionality looks different for each person. So no two individuals are exactly the same, but it requires each of us to dive deeper and to become more introspective about our values and our passions, what really matters most. And each time, especially in my basement, I experienced this is each time that I pick something up, I needed to consider it carefully and then decide fairly quickly whether I valued it enough to keep it, you know, to save it or would it be something that someone else could use or should I just get rid of it and trash it? And considering this new commitment that, you know, I had made to managing fewer things, I had to make that decision. Minimalism has given me a freedom from this desire or this drive to possess more things. You see, our modern culture has brought us into, I believe, a lie that the good life is found in accumulating lots of things, having bigger, better, faster, nicer, whatever's in possessing, possessing as much as possible as part of our goals, more money, more possessions. People believe that more is better and to have, you know, they, they've subscribed to the idea that happiness can be purchased at a department store, but we all know that's wrong. Embracing minimalism has brought freedom to me, even from this all consuming drive to possess more, or to get bigger and better, it, it steps off the treadmill of consumerism, right? And it dares to seek happiness in the simple life, in having fewer things. And for me, it was to manage fewer things. Uh, there was a cleanliness that came as a result of clearing things out. And it just freed us from this stress of having things to maintain. What I've done and what Wendy, I believe, has done too is to value relationships and experiences and people much more and ourselves to take care of ourselves better. It lets us to see all that we already have to get rid of some of what we don't need and to be grateful for those things that we do have. And in doing so, believe it or not, I feel I've developed a more abundant life, an abundant mindset. Taking on this minimalist lifestyle and perspective has given me freedom and a separation from the modern day rat race, right? Our world runs at a feverish pace nearly all the time. We're too hurried. We're too rushed. We're too stressed. We work long, passionate hours to pay the bills and seemingly we fall further and further either away from those goals and passions that we have or we just fall further behind in those goals that we set. We rush from one activity to the other, even multitasking, trying to get it all done. And we never seem to get any of it finished. 
If you've lived like that, and I know I have, we remain in constant connection with others through our cell phones, through you know, emails, and it's just not that true life-changing relationship that we all really desire with probably fewer people, fewer things, and fewer stresses. Becoming a, a part of the minimalist mindset slows our lives down. And it frees us from this modern hysteria to live faster and faster. It often has offered me the freedom to disengage. It was helpful. It was therapeutic for me to throw things away or to haul some stuff to the Goodwill or, you know, the thrift store and to give, give those things away. It forced me to keep my eye on the essentials of life. Minimalism aims to remove the frivolous and to keep the significant. And it values this intentionality that I would value my life and that I would value my relationships over my things. This step towards minimalism has helped me to live more congruently, meaning in alignment with my beliefs and values. I observe in our culture that although nobody probably intentionally chooses this, they live kind of in two worlds, right? They have an inner life, they have an inner self, but they also have an outer self. And the lifestyle that they choose, I was there as well, is that they would have beliefs and values on the inner person, but they would play those out and they would be very different on the outer person. They're tossed and turned by the most recent advertising campaign or the demands of their employer or just simply keeping up with the neighbors to put up a certain persona or a certain image. On the other hand, a simple minimalist life is actually united and it's much more consistent. It has learned a lifestyle that is completely transferable no matter what the situation is. It's the same life on Friday evening as it is on Sunday morning as it is on Monday morning or any other time of our life. It is reliable, it's dependable, it's unfluctuating, and it's stable. And it works in all circumstances. It's honest and it's transparent. One thing I've realized is that becoming more minimalist in my thinking is actually very countercultural. Right. We live in a world that idolizes celebrities and sports stars and people who are up front. Right. They're photographed for their magazines and interviewed on the radio or podcasts and recorded for television. Their lives are held up as these golden standards and they're envied by many people like you and me. People who live simply are not championed by the media in some way. They don't fit into the consumerist culture that's promoted by corporations or politicians or the latest fad, yet they live a life that's attractive and inviting. And that's what I want to be. That's what I believe we as Christians should be. While most people are chasing after success and glamour and fame and, and fortune, but minimalism calls out to us with a small, quiet, calm voice and invites us to slow down, consume way less but to enjoy what we have even more and when we meet someone living a simplified life we often recognize that we have been chasing after the wrong things all along 
Minimalism has started for me with the external things, but it's moved pretty quickly to the internal part of me. I'm reading a book right now that was a wonderful gift from one of our uh, leaders at the church, and she gave me the book by Watchman Nee called Breaking the Outer Man and Releasing the Spirit. Powerful, you know, giant of a book. And decluttering, while it did help me find freedom from external things like clutter and, and accumulation, it really didn't necessarily, you know, make that next step of helping me find freedom and unity in my heart and my soul. I believe that I took the initiative to get rid of some externals, and that has led me perhaps even just to have more time to think about the inner person. I've learned that embracing this lifestyle is always a matter of my heart, not just about the externals. After the external clutter has been removed from our lives, we then create the space to address these deepest heart issues that impact our relationships and our life. And I've experienced that even now as we've moved forward in um, a couple key relationships. Um, it's been very, very exciting. One last takeaway I want to encourage you with is that it's completely achievable. Becoming a minimalist or having and developing a minimalist lifestyle is completely attainable for you. I stand as living proof. I thought I was a pretty simple guy, right? But I simply started to take a look at everything that I possessed. Stuff that just had started to accumulate over time. And I took a hard look at almost everything and decided whether it was worth keeping and maintaining or not. If this perspective is completely foreign to you and you'd like more guidance, there are plenty of resources. Start with that Netflix documentary or look these two fellas up and the work that they're doing is quite profound. I hope this has encouraged you today on the Encouragers United podcast. This week on the show, I'm kicking off a segment I like to call Inspiring Ideas, showcasing a business idea or invention or other creative thought that's caught my attention. And I hope to share it with you as an inspiration. This week, an absolutely brilliant young woman in Kenya has started a company manufacturing bricks from recycled plastics. Um, the idea I had was how do I find the most effective and efficient and affordable alternative materials to impact the housing sector. Nizambi Mati says that she was, quote, tired of being on the sidelines when civil servants struggled against the plastic waste in her capital city of Nairobi. So the materials engineer created a product that's five to seven times stronger than concrete. So right now I'm using the one problem to solve another problem. So the problem of uh, plastic waste pollution, I'm converting that plastic waste pollution to solve it by make, uh, to solve the housing problem by making this, by turning this into an alternative building product. She's the founder of Jenge Makers, which transforms plastic waste into durable building materials. Mati also designed the machines that manufacture the bricks in her factory. Getting loads of plastic, low and high density polyethylene and polypropylene from local packaging plants for free, Zhenge Makers produces a variety of different paving stones after the plastic polymers are heated and mixed with sand. 
The result is a line of versatile building materials pressed via a hydraulic machine into different thicknesses that sell in a variety of colors and cost an average of $7 per square meter. So far, she's employed more than 110 people, helping to churn out about 1,500 bricks every day. And she told Reuters that they have recycled approximately 20 metric tons of plastic waste since she started her company in 2018. She hopes to add very soon a much bigger manufacturing line that will triple her production. Shout out to you, Nizambi, for starting where you are, taking what you have, and doing what you can. To read more about this inspiring young woman and her booming business, feel free to hit her website, Zhenge Makers. That's G-J-E-N-G-E dot C-O dot K-E. Hi, I'm Heather Erb, and I host the Shine FM MomCast. It's specifically for moms. Couldn't we all just use a little extra bit of encouragement, maybe a little tidbit of wisdom, or just a different perspective on how moms are doing things these days? Definitely encourage you to check out the MomCast. You can search for us on Spotify, Apple Music, anywhere where you listen to your podcast. Just search for Shine.FM Podcasts. Thanks, everybody, for listening to this week's episode of the Encouragers United podcast. Before I sign off, I just want to encourage you to rate the podcast on the app that you might be listening and rate it and uh, give me a review. I'd love for you to share it with someone that you know that might appreciate my work. Another thing I want to tell you about is some great improvements that I've made to the new to the website, charlesrgrimes.com. I want you to look for uh, the resources page. Uh, so that'd be charlesrgrimes.com backslash resources, where I've listed all of the episodes uh, from the podcast, all the interviews and all of the topics, all in one handy reference. Also have a reference for our Facebook Live series, 30 episodes of Tuesday Tea with Charlie G. And then finally, I have added a new feature where you can get involved in the Encouragers United podcast each week. I have a link there provided by the great folks at SpeakPipe, where you can leave me a voicemail message right on the email or right on the website. And I will take your questions, your comments, and I will integrate them into my show in future episodes. And so if you have a topic that you'd love to hear me talk about, or if you have a Bible question or a comment about a past episode, please feel free to go to charlesrgrimes.com, look for the voice message button, and leave me your thoughts. Once again, I appreciate you and would encourage you to start where you are, take what you have, and do what you can. Have a great day.